Welcome to another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast with Eric and Jolene Engel, where Eric and Jolene answer marriage questions for believers, looking at the root of the problem instead of the symptom, always while applying God's wisdom and word for a Christ-centered marriage. Hey, before we get started, I just wanted to share a special offer for our listeners, and it's called the Makeover Your Marriage Bundle. Hun, real quick, tell just a little bit about it before we get into the podcast. Yeah, the Makeover Your Marriage Bundle consists of four of my most popular programs and teaching packages combined. You get Christian Wife University, the Wisdom for Wives online conference, Five Days to a Better Marriage eCourse, Communication and Marriage Workshop, and a complimentary three-day, two-night stay in a deluxe hotel at any one of 50 locations in the U.S. Wait for it. For only $97. $97. Nice. You can find out more at jolienangle.com forward slash makeover. Now, while everyone's considering this opportunity to strengthen their marriage, uh, let's go ahead and get into the podcast. And then we'll have more information about this package at the end of the episode. Hi, I'm Eric Engel with my wonderful wife, Jolene, with another episode of The Marriage Mentor. In this episode, Kim writes in and says, We have lived on one income for 29 years and we have five children. We've lived below the poverty level. How did you learn to trust God for your finances? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'm certainly uh, well-versed in that way of life. Um, How did I learn to trust God? Well, I think a lot of it just kind of goes back to where your faith is, what do the scriptures say, and are you choosing to believe the scriptures and living for Christ in spite of your emotions and in spite of maybe the negative balance in your bank account? Um, I learned a long time ago when we went through the loss of my husband's business, the loss of our home. Um, being drugged through a lawsuit. We, we've been through it. it. Being audited by the IRS, which was really quite interesting because they said, well, your contra- uh, uh, what was it? Our contributions, contributions were, were, were too, too high. Too high. Our, Basically, our they were calling us liars. And it's like, here, let us prove to you what, what our documents say. And um, I love the, how the Lord took care of that because then they ended, the IRS ended up owing us thousands of dollars. But when you're in the midst of all of those financial storms. Um, It's definitely nerve wracking. And I know that a wife, you take a woman and and put her in a marriage where there's no finances, she'll freak out because we um, desire security. And and one of those areas of security is um, our finances. And we could have thousands of dollars in our bank account set aside for a rainy day. And Eric and I had that when we went, went through all this. And you know, when his in- income went down, decreased what to like nine, like five percent of what you used to have. It, it was reduced by ninety five percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you end up going through your your savings, and it's all gone. And it's just like, Lord, I I don't understand. We're trying to live for you. We're living an honorable life. I had all these conversations with the Lord. I just felt like, what have we done wrong? We haven't gone outside of the will of God, and yet it was one financial storm after another, and. And, you know, after a while, I just kind of felt like our life was mimicking very much of the life of Job minus the loss of our kids. So I always had to keep that perspective of, I don't understand why 
Um, we're not we're not in habitual sin, so God's not you know chastening us, um, but He was refining us and He was growing our faith. And quite frankly, that does not feel good. You know, our flesh does not like it. I mean, if you were to ask me what does my ideal life look like, I'd say, well, I want to be spiritually strong and a woman filled with just you know this great amount of strength and faith. And oh, and by the way, I'd love for my bank account to be you know enormously large. Okay, <laughs> but I don't I don't know that that's always the case. And I believe that that most couples at some point in their marriage, I think that there's going to be some financial storms because Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy. And if he could get you caught up in um, your financial circumstances, he it's very easy for a wife to look at her husband and, and kind of be like, well, what are you doing? How are you going to fix this? I know many times I had those thoughts um, with Eric. I can remember when we had lost our home, we moved into rental. We were there for 10 months. And I'm like, okay, you know, we're going to have a joyful, content attitude, even though this was not where I wanted to be. Even though I'm standing in the kitchen and there's like a hole in the floor. And I'm like, what? what is this? And it's just like, oh, well, that's dry rot. And it's just like, well, you know, this is the rental that we have. So have a good attitude. And I'd look out the kitchen window in the backyard. There's no grass. It's all just a pile of dirt. And it's just like, okay, well, I kind of feel like I'm off in the wilderness like the Israelites. But okay, have a good attitude. Have a good attitude. God's still with us. And it's easy when life does not go according to our plan to think that God has forsaken us. And did I have those moments? Absolutely. And and then as the, the months went on, my husband, it seemed like whatever he touched um, to bring in an income, he's self-employed, and whatever he touched, it's like it just fell apart. And it was just so odd because here we were trying to work so hard to just pay our bills, to just keep the, the electricity on and just put food on the table. And he wasn't able to do that. And we then couldn't stay in the rental. We had to leave. And and I'm thinking, are you stinking kidding me that here we are? We got to move again. And he asked me one day what I was doing that day. And I looked at him with utter disgust in my heart. And I said, I've got to go look for boxes because we got to move again. You know, I was not happy. And I saw in that moment this man who was just broken by the words that I used because I knew that he was doing what he could. And I also knew that he was very broken as a man when they don't have the financial resources to provide for their family. It's, um, it's, it's a big blow to their ego. And in that moment, I realized that I was the foolish woman tearing down her home instead of the wise woman building him up. And I thought, okay, that's that's not the right approach. Even though my flesh says this, I need to run back to the word. Oh, and by the way, since I mentioned that wise woman building up her home and the foolish one tearing it down, I have um, recorded a video message on this exact issue because, well, we women, we have... We have our emotions and sometimes they're out of control and sometimes we don't know how to rein them in. And uh, you could learn more about this topic um, at the Wisdom for Wives online conference where I'm going to be sharing about it. Go to www.wisdomforwivesconference.com. Anyway, over the years, being married to a self-employed man, my first, first few months of being married to Eric, um, I had quit my job and I thought, well, he's self-employed. I'll be his assistant and... And 
I had never lived in the self-employed world. I had a paycheck every few weeks. I knew the paycheck was coming. There was a sense of financial security for me there. But when you're when you're married to a self-employed man, I remember looking at him like, oh my gosh, how on earth do you function? Because, you know, that was a huge stretch for me in my faith. It was just like, I... I don't, I don't understand this. It's just like you, there's nothing to fall back on. So my faith grew tremendously as a young bride during those seasons. And I think that faith is something, it's, it's like a muscle, you know, it's something that you constantly build um, and work on and, and strengthen. And over the years, that's what happened with me. So when we went through the several years of poverty, this, you know, the, the four moves in 18 months and living with friends. And and here's something that God taught me in the midst of all this. And, and the Bible talks about um, the love of money is the root of all evil. Money itself is not e- evil. It's the love of money. And as we were going through these financial storms, the Lord just kind of um, asked me a few questions. And he said, daughter, do you love and trust money so much that you distrust me? And yeah, very convicting. It was, I, I had to have some soul-seeking moments and, and conversations with my Lord because um, when the storm started, again, I just, I didn't understand. It's just like, kind of like, Lord, we've done all these right things and why would you allow this? You know, I could understand if we did stupid stuff like committed fraud and, you know, rob banks, right. you know, but that wasn't the case. It was just... You know, those Job-like moments. Well, so so let's talk about practical ways to go through it. You know, and I had some thoughts about that as well. Uh, you know, how how do you go through that? How do you how do you trust the Lord? How do you build that faith? Well, you know, a couple things came to mind. Number one is, you know, I was reminded when Jesus asked Peter. You know, Jesus gave a message and basically claimed to be God, and the crowd kind of freaked out and took off. Right. And he said to Peter, Peter, he said, will you too go away? Right, right. And what was Peter's response? Where else would I go? You know, he's Christ, you know? Right. Well, where else would I go? You're, you're the one who gives eternal right. life. But Peter, at that point, had made a commitment. Right. That you're it. And, you know, I, I talked to people about throwing their hat over the wall. And I don't know if you've heard that uh that expression before or not, but basically, if you throw your hat over the wall, that means you're now committed. You have to go get it. You can't just walk away. Your hat's over there. You have to go get it. Okay. And so, I, I think you know when it comes to faith, you have to throw your hat over the wall and you have to say, "Look, Lord, you're it. I'm all in. I'm all in. Whatever. It's going to be scary. Uh, you know. And bottom line is." You know, and I think we both took the attitude of worst case scenario, we die and go to heaven and and, right, and, right. and that's okay. You know, but it, yes, it is scary and it's humbling and a lot of times there's shame there feeling like, well, you know, people are helping us and, and we don't want that. Surely I don't want that. Right, right. You know. Our pride says we're self-sufficient, but then at the same breath... You see so many miracles. I can remember when we had no money, zero money. I mean, I think I had a few can of beans in the, in the pantry, you know, and, and I know in my mind I'm freaking out and my kids were young and I'm thinking, I, I don't know what God's going to do here. I don't understand and I'm just going to follow him. And next thing you know, and, and a lot of people, there's only a few people in our life that kind of knew what we were going through, Right. you know, we attend 
a very large church, several thousands of people. So it's not like we were in a small, tiny um, Christian community that knew all this. And, uh, you know, just a few friends. But one day I had a friend out of the blue show up with a couple bags of groceries and cooked chickens. And then I thought, well, okay, here's our food. And those things, those miracles that you see um, increases your faith. And many times we want to almost eliminate God from doing those miracles because we want to set up our 401ks. And I'm not here to say, don't do that. Of course, you know, be wise with your money. But, you know, I I can remember someone on the blog when I wrote about some financial um, storms that we had gone through and they're like, oh, well, Jolene, you should go to Dave Ramsey's program and learn how to manage your money. And I'm like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) seriously, do you think that Job went to a Dave Ramsey class? It's just like God allows certain things to happen. That wasn't Job's problem. That wasn't Job's problem. That wasn't our problem. And my whole point is God's going to take you through some things. Be wise in the process, but also realize that, you know, a couple things that should be taking place in your marriage. I know I was always faced with the choice of, okay, God's allowing this. What am I going to do? How am I going to respond? Am I going to lash out at my husband? Sure, a few times I did do that because I'm freaking out. I'm, I'm a woman who there's no money there. What's going to happen? And the bottom line was, do I trust that God is going to provide for me or am I looking solely at my husband, a mere man? Okay, so that, that change of perspective there. there. That was a practical um, tool that I had to hold on to because Eric said to me that one day we were in, in our rental, he said, I'm sorry, I've committed fraud. And I'm like, what on earth are you talking about? You're the most honorable man I know. And he said, when I asked you to marry me, it was under the guise that I would provide for you. And I'm like, oh, how sweet is that? And then I, I kind of snickered and I said, well, I got news for you. You know, you're not my provider. Because I had to learn as a wife that Jesus is my provider. Yes, there are certain things that I expect Eric to do. I, I do expect him to move forward and try and provide for the family. I'm, I'm obviously not a wife who just says, oh, honey, why don't you just go sit, you know, in your recliner all day and, and um, indulge in frivolous stuff. No, I mean, he's he's got a command by the Lord to provide for his family. And I have commands as a wife and a, a, a mom and a homemaker to take care of, of the responsibilities that God's given me. So basically, do what God has commanded you to do. Do it as best you can. And then let God do his job. You know, I'm responsible for doing my job. Eric's responsible for doing his job. And a lot of times when we don't see anything happening, it's because we're not trusting God to do his job. Well, and... And Kim here is talking about a life of 30 years, I believe she said. Okay. Mar- marriage of 30 years. One, one income of um, just having the one provider. And yeah, you know, as again, as women, we, we want it all. We want the financial security. I can remember when we were at our friends, living at our friends for about six weeks. And... I, um, it was very hard, very hard. I had our, my um, clothing was in our dresser out in the garage. It wasn't even in our bedroom. So I had to walk down the hall and head into the garage to get my underwear so I could get dressed for the day. So was I disgusted? Absolutely. But there was, the, the Lord really convicted me and he said to me, you know, daughter, you have this sense of entitlement. Where'd you get that at? Because I didn't give it to you. And I thought, oh, wow, that's, that, that's some um, piercing piercing convictions there that I needed to change my attitude, you know, because I wanted life to revolve around me. I wanted life to be all about um, my 
safety, my wants and desires. And it, not like I was asking to go to the Bahamas or on some wonderful vacation. It was just like, can can we just, you know, live with a little bit of peace? And, and the Lord's just like define peace. Well, and, and here we are in America. There are people around the world, believers around the world, right. that struggle for their life. Right. Okay. And food and water and don't have warm showers, you know, and live in places that are Disgusting. Shanties, yes. And so, you know, we, in in this country, we have a certain uh, lifestyle that we want. And and everyone has their own standard and such. But I I think it's good that the Lord brings us back to, you know, what do you deserve? Well, when you look at Jesus, I mean, he didn't even have a place to lay his head. And here I had a, a nice fluffy pillow and a warm bed. And so, again, perspective. I think oftentimes, you know, when I get questions like these of what did I do, you know, I didn't have practical. Sure, I, I tried to make food to stretch a mile long, you know. Well, uh, and it's day to day. It's day to day. Jesus said not to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough trouble troubles of its own absolutely right and i believe that that was probably in direct response to how they had to live then because the disciples were following jesus he didn't have an income other than what people gave him right right and uh, i'm i'm sure the disciples uh were like hey where are we getting where are we getting the next meal where well we? i remember them when the feeding of the five they they're like we don't have enough food where's that coming from right so you know with the scriptures it talks about seek first the kingdom of god and all these things shall be added unto you jesus was talking um to his disciples and it was just kind of like don't worry about these things um these are the things that the gentiles worry about now i am a saved gentile but in that passage he's talking about those that don't trust christ okay right and it's just like, I'm not in that group. I trust Christ. And so I had to learn how to fully embrace. First, I had to get over my pity party, my sense of entitlement. Okay, so those, those are some practical steps. Okay. I had to learn that, well, um, in essence, God did answer my prayers because I wanted to be a woman who refle- reflected Christ. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> and that hurts. <laughs> it's a great thing. But the trials and the sharpening and the refining um, that God takes you through to become more like him, that's how it happens. It doesn't happen when I go to some salon and get my hair and nail do- nails done. I don't come out looking more like Jesus. Okay. Right. So I had to realize, wow, you know, God has, in essence, answered my prayers of becoming more like him. But had I known all those years ago that it was going to look, look Ye- like that, I don't know that I... Years ago, years ago, when money was good plentiful and life was good you made a statement do you remember the statement you made i have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) you made a statement that you're going to stand for the lord and for him to bring it on i remember you stood in our one home and you said that and i looked at you and i said i was very very naive spiritually (laughs) i said be careful because I'm not sure you know exactly what that means, but you said, bring it. Bring it. I do remember that. We were newly married and we were in our little rental home at the time. And yes, financially, the Lord was definitely blessing us. And I, you know, and I don't know when Stephen Curtis Chapman wrote that song, um, I'm Diving In, and I don't even know if that's the title of it, but I'm going deep. And I thought, yeah, I'm going deep. Okay, well, when you go deep with Christ, you know, a lot of times I think we as Christians just think, oh, I want to go deep with Jesus. And we just put on a snorkeling mask. It's just like, uh, no, 
no, no, he's taking you down deep where all those creepy critters are at the bottom. And I don't, I personally am not into snorkeling because the whole like fish thing freaks me out. So the idea that you're going that deep into the sea where all the creepy crud is, it's just like, I'm not, you know, in my flesh, I say I'm not going there. But spiritually, it's just like, oh, yeah, you know, I want to go there. But then you wrestle with the flesh. And the flesh says, that's scary. And hard. And hard. And I don't know that I really want to live that life. But when you experience the presence of God, and I experience more of the presence of God when I'm in the heat of a trial, not when life is easy. Not to say that I can't have a thriving relationship with Jesus when life is easy, but I have since learned that when life is truly hard and the circumstances are overwhelming, that's when my faith grows. That's when I say, I'm God's gal regardless. And I think about, you know, as you mentioned, Christians around the world, there's Christians around the world that are being beheaded by ISIS. And they're like, I'm not renouncing him. So why would I, as a Christian woman who's not being physically persecuted for my faith, can't stand strong enough? What am I so weak-minded, so spiritually weak that I can't stand strong enough in the midst of, of a financial storm? Seriously, come on now. Isn't that, I mean, when you compare the two. Right. So again, perspective. I think perspective is key. And I think um, what I've learned over all these years, the other thing I've learned is there's a purpose for your pain. You know, God took us through some tremendous financial storms and I could be bitter as a result of it or I could be better. And I've used those pains, those fleshly pains, and I use it to minister to another hurting wife or another hurting woman. Which you wouldn't have been able to do nope. had you not gone through that. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because there's very few things that people say to you you don't understand. Because you do understand. I, I do understand. I know what it's like when the water is turned off. I know what it's like when the gas is turned off. I know I, I, I know all those experiences. I know what it's like to not have health insurance, to not have um, the, the supplements you need. I know all those things. I know what it's like when your kids have holes at the bottom, the soles of their shoes, and it's raining outside, and you're standing there crying, and you're like, where's God in the midst of this? Because we, could, know? we couldn't afford shoes. We couldn't, we couldn't afford those basic things. And yes, even in America, even in Southern California, we experience those things. And I had a woman who asked me um, one day when she kind of heard about our stories, she said, so what, what was it like? And I knew that based on how she was asking me these things, that there were some physical or financial struggles for them as well. But she wasn't sharing that. Anyways, she said, we, I said, well, it was hard. And she said to me, well, would you do it all over again? And I'm thinking, well, Right now, in this moment, when you ask my flesh side, absolutely not, okay? But I've grown spiritually. So my answer is yes, I would go through it again. Okay, because a storm will eventually end. Okay, keep that in mind. It will eventually end. It might not turn out to be the the beautiful rainbow and, and this blooming spring flowers that, that we'd like it to be. But, you know, Eric and I, we're, we're still in some of that. But we're not, it's not as turbulent the storm is not as turbulent as it once was. And honestly, I'm not really sure what's changed. I don't know that our bank account has necessarily changed, like the figures in there. But I think what's changed is our spiritual understanding and our faith has deepened, you know. So we're stronger. And, and Right. And, you know, when you get to that point, sometimes you hear other people say, well, you know, I'm going through a real trial today. My, my little girl fell down and scraped her knee. Okay. <laughs> and you think, Wow. You know, Lord really has brought us a long way right. because that that's a good day for us. Right, right. Well, yeah. and you have to ask yourself, do you want to be spiritually stronger? 
do you want to have more faith in God? Um, and, and I've just kind of learned over, whether it's a financial trial or health trial or a relationship trial, God's always in the midst of all that. And a lot of times we take him out of the equation. A lot of times we think he's not going to show up. You know, did he save our home? No, but we're still here. It's like, it's not the end of the world that we don't own a home. It's not the end of the world that our credit score is nowhere where it once was. And it's like, well, I got news for you. God is bigger than your credit score. See, we dwell on the, the temporary. And I had to learn to dwell on the eternal. I had to learn that even though God's allowing these things in our life, am I still going to be the wife that God um, desires me to be regardless of what's in my bank account? Well, you mentioned you mentioned eternal. And obviously, 80, 90 years here on earth, is a very, very minuscule part of eternal life. Right. Okay, for the believer. Right. Yet it's all we see, and so we tend to focus on that. And we because need to look farther. Because there's fear. And so you have to ask yourself as a woman, why am I responding in the midst of this? Why? Why? You're lashing out, freaking out, biting your family's head off. A lot of times that's fear. Yeah, and we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of peace and sound mind. So it's just like, I could safely trust in the Lord. I could rest in him. So you always have to go back to the scriptures because what's governing your heart at that moment? You know, um, the other thing that we typically do as, as women is we try and control the situation. It's just like, how does that work for it, you? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And I know when we went through, um, we were losing the house and I'm, I'm trying to control something. Okay. Because for some reason, we think if we could control, you know, our situation, that everything's going to be okay. And it, it, it didn't work. So what were you trying to control? Just the little things, because I couldn't control this, the financial storm. I couldn't go off and, and financially save the home. Okay? That was outside of my control. So here I was walking through the house, making sure that it was immaculate and, and impeccable. And in the process, I'm yelling at everyone. And it was just like... Oh, yeah, this this is not a smart move. You know, why am I doing this? And I, it dawned on me that I was trying to control something. And so I'm like, okay, I got to run back to the Lord because my response is a sin response. Okay? If there's no sin there, feel free to keep your home clean and, and so forth. But the trigger, there was a trigger there for me of my life is out of control, so I need to go control something. So I kind of learned, okay, well, I can't control life, but I can control my emotions. So when you feel that, what what do you do? I, I tell myself, girlfriend, get it together and control your emotions and go back to the word. Because the word of God is the only thing that is going to give me that sense of peace. That's it. Nothing else. Not the bank account, because I've since learned it's a false sense of security. Okay, because we're putting our trust in man, whether I was putting my trust in Eric and, and our business and our savings account, because that's basically what I did, or somebody whose husband is um, employed, you're still putting trust in man, you're putting trust in the fact that, that your husband's employer, your employer is going to still be doing work in the coming weeks, months and years that you're still going to have a paycheck, but it's a false sense of security. Sure, work hard unto the Lord, the Bible says that, but trust God. Trust him also in the process. You know, it's interesting that you say that because during some of that time, I did other types of work. I did everything. Right. You did everything. And people would say to me, uh, how much do you owe? How much do I owe you? And my response was, whatever, whatever you feel is fair. Right. Right. Okay? Which I would, would have never done before. No. I would have had a, had a price on my services and I, you know, but it was like, you know, it was, I was totally given up to the Lord. Right. You know, and saying, hey, Lord, this is your deal. Uh, then I'm going to let you provide, and I do the work. Whatever you want to pay me, these people would pay me, right, which is really, right. really interesting. It, it, it was. You know, I often felt like um, 
and I don't know what it's like to be a missionary. I've never been a missionary in a different country, and I can't ever even imagine any of that. Um, I can't imagine hostility. I can't imagine adapting to the culture. I would not do well in any of that. You know, it, it just wouldn't happen. But I had the thought of our situation where, in essence, you we, we were somewhat like missionaries, just waiting for the Lord to provide for us daily, doing our part. You know, I had to focus on just doing my part, not being critical and condemning of my husband, thinking you should be doing more. And how come you're not doing this? Because that would be my tendency. And I'm like, shut it, girlfriend. Go right back to the word of God. Focus on the word of God and focus on my area of responsibility. Because what I didn't want to have happen is that I destroyed my my marital relationship and my family relationship because I didn't have faith in God. At the end of the day, you would have had no money and no relationship with your husband and no relationship with your kids. And you would have, you would have been. Sitting I'd have a, even more trials. You've been sitting in a pot of bitterness. Yes, yes. So I ha- I kept that perspective as well. The perspective was, um, this is my guy, and I'm his gal, and I want to encourage him in the process. I want to be a wife that ministers to him. I didn't want to be like Job's wife, when Job was at his worst, and she said to him, "Curse God and die." She needed to be shot. You know, <laughs> seriously. I mean, and I get it that she lost everything. I can't even. I mean. I cannot even imagine losing my children. And so that was another mindset that I had, that I had my children and uh, my husband, you know, you ha- I ended up having to take you to emergency room. We had no insurance. You had the kidney stone. And, you know, of course, all you, everything is running through my head of what, what else are you going to take us through? You know, because I still had my own health trials heading down the road to cancer. And it was just like, I, I can't do this, Lord. And it was just like, what was my other choice? To right. renounce Christ will, and say, "Will I'm you done? too then go away?" And I was already a stupid woman before. I was already an atheist before, and it's just like that doesn't work. Okay, <laughs> there, there. You want to talk about darkness? Go live a life of an atheist. I've already been there, been there, done that. Okay, so I'm going to choose Christ, even if, even if our bank account is at a negative. So those are my encouragements. Focus on the Lord. Don't focus on your situation. Until next time, I'm here with my husband Eric, and I'm Jolene Engel at JoleneEngel.com. Oh, and by the way. Don't forget the Wisdom for Wives online conference that's coming up May 12th through the 14th. You won't want to miss it. I know um, this message on emotions will definitely help you when you're faced with serious financial storms or any storms that you're going through. So www.wisdomforwivesconference.com.